Okay, welcome, Bridget. Thank you. I'm trying to contain, I have a lot of energetic excitement and questions, been bubbling all morning. And um, before I unleash them, <laughs> I just want to really honor the work that you're doing. I'm really, um, like, really touched and tender about be learning from you um, and being in the work that you do. And I think it's of utmost importance during this time, like this lifetime living thing that we're doing. Exactly. Yeah. It's, uh, it's so wonderful to be able to share something with meaning mm -hmm. and embodiment. Like what is more meaningful than arriving in your life using your gift. And so share what are your gifts how did you land here how did you create alchemical alignment where did it come from and however much of that story that origin story you want to share i'd love to hear great uh it's fate really it's um grace or spirit moving through me um I grew up in a family that was a family of immigrants after World War I, II, where I just worked with World War I recently, and so that's on my mind, <laughs> um, where both of my parents' families had been under bombs, and so the results of that were held in all of the bodies, and so the task of people after war is to find peace. And so how many years, generations, decades, lifetimes later, is there any peace to be found again? And so that's part of my task here on the planet. What does peace mean after bombs were dropped on my family? And what kind of threat responses could come out of that? Like being completely frozen is something that I grew up with. Every level of me that I could imagine was frozen and maybe fake presenting a human being to the world. Or once the freeze starts melting, fights could come up of like, get away or flight. I've got to get out of here. All sorts of uh, threat responses, things that we get to learn how to manage. And so creating alchemical alignment came through studying Aikido as a martial art, which right. is all about self-regulation and co-regulation where you take the attacker to safety until they can re-regulate, like until they can get out of their attacking state. Ooh, let's keep you safe. What, what a brilliant method. Um, and then also through studying body work, various kinds, I had volcanoes worth of threat responses coming out of my body. Who had any training to deal with things like that? And so for me, the ability to nurture over time a new reality and develop skills for catalytic changes from old realities to new realities, both of those ends of the spectrum, nurturing and catalog, uh, catalysts for new possibilities. That's really important to me. Yeah, that's what created alchemical alignment was the need for that. What were you like as a kid? Like in um, order to be where you are now, did you know that? Did you have, were you kind of an old soul in that sense of? The old soul in the frozen kid though. 
So like, I'll be a good girl or, you know, getting attention by crying and being ill. Could you take care of me, please? Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of normal, um, what anyone else might consider normal. Uh, so it was just, I'll, I'll be a semblance of a human being making my way through life. That was my experience on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, friends pulled me into a program here or there and I slowly awakened in the programs. Mm-hmm. Like a relative brought me into Aikido the first time. I don't think I ever would have gone in that direction, but he was like, we're doing this. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Have you always been working with bodies and energy and the path towards peace? Or did you have like a corporate career before this? Like I'm always interested in the evolution of all of that. Um, I was on an academic path, like Georgetown bachelor's, Georgetown master's. My dad was a professor at Georgetown for 40 years here in BC. And so it was all academic, academic. And then, um, one person asked, what would you do? Uh, my mother-in-law actually opened this question and I'd never heard it before. What would you do if you, I was like, I exist. I have a heart. People could do what they want to do. Like everything until that point was left brain mental. You will do this academic path. What? I have a self, I have a heart. Um, and so mm-hmm. my grandfather, as I grew up um, in, he was in Latvia and he was a healer who could do esoteric healing, mm-hmm. um, moving and shifting people's energy bodies and shifting imprints that were in there to flowing health. I thought that was the coolest thing. And so that moved me in the direction of bodywork. What were you studying in the academic path? Like, has any of that weaved back in, or do you see any of that as some of the foundation for what you do? I studied many languages, yeah. um, like five or six or something. And <laughs> then also I got a master's in bilingual education and teaching mm-hmm. um, languages. And so all of that, yeah. once you're teaching the vocabulary of the internal reality, the somatic um how do you put things into words, the felt sense and um, giving people tools for many different ways to think of something or different learning styles. Mm-hmm. Like that. Yeah. And I love that connection um, being in training with you where you pull different threads of different um, traditions. And now I can see from the languages, again, we were able to use different vocabulary for different parts and different translations. I'm in like uh, weekly Hebrew. And so it's so fun because I'm being able to link the ways in which the language evolves and how different translations mean different things in, in different cultures and how we say things. And that deepens the lived experience exactly in so many ways. So that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> now I get that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the, so the ability to map also. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. mind mapping and having yes. the consciousness level in order to recognize where are we on the, on many different kinds of maps. Yeah. That was a, another really interesting thing. We use lots of mapping, I think, again, partly from my background in education, but also over the years, I've just noticed if I can get it out visually, 
then it, it is much more integrated and embodied. And I have never really been able to identify what I was doing with that. Cause a lot of it was in sort of more, um, like holistic life coaching realm. And then in your program, we make all of these maps and I just am overjoyed that we're able to link up. And I sort of have found, <laughs> found my people in the way of being able to really move it out of the body and onto the page in a creative visual is very powerful. Can you talk a little bit about how you see maps? and yeah in the somatic realm once you've had a trauma the mapping gets skewed and so present time and present place you get to begin you begin to have a um like a lead balloon uh, that is pulling you toward another place and time like, oh, look there, look there, look there. There's a trauma, There's a, which simply means there's something overwhelming that happened that I did not have the resources to get through. Mm-hmm. And so we bring present time resources to that place and time eventually if there's enough stability to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. If you don't stabilize first, it's not a good idea to go and do some work. Um, and so the mapping, I love the word coordinates. Where am I? Where is my liver? Is it still taking care of alcoholic parents? Where is my heart? Has it hidden itself away? Any any body part, every detail of the brain. How can I create conditions for every bit of me to come into present time so that I can be available to be self, to be in relationship and to bring to the world that which I'm here to do? One of the things I'm really interested about in sort of the current dynamics about somatic trauma resolution and healing is it seems to be quite different from some of the techniques of the past. Um, can you talk a little bit about that and, and how maybe that's evolved or I yeah, think subtlety and containment are the first two words. Yeah. <laughs> and relational and yeah. interactive. Well, it's very subtle. Like I've done a few of these practice sessions and we're just co-regulating and stabilizing Mm -hmm. and people are having their own experience and it's extremely potent and profound and very simple. Mm -hmm. And I think in the past, there was a lot of big emotion or, you know, sexiness about reliving trauma. So I'm curious your take on all of that and how it's all evolving. Yeah. So everything that shows up is in present time. Mm-hmm. everything that is unfinished is here now. Mm-hmm. So I don't have to regress or travel to another place. I can bring my competence, my confidence, my stability, my greatest, my highest level of consciousness to any part of my timeline or that of my lineage. And so I, you know, should there be something large that erupts out of that what begins first is the co-regulation with another human being sitting with me, the stabilization of another person being with me and having my highest good as their um, priority, regardless of where I might go in my process. And as I'm held in conditions that are safe and sane in current time, there's nothing I can't visit, you know? the idea of visiting any time or place or subject, any time or place or subject, 
location uh, within the body, outside the body geographically? What is it that's been off limits because of a trauma? And what would happen if it weren't off limits anymore? And if I could have a fluidity going through where there has been some kind of rigidity or fragmentation. And how do you recommend people work with this? Like once a month, once a week, how do you kind of see the entering and the releasing of it in, in terms of consistency? It depends on um, each person individually. What developmental stage are they in? Are they at a place where they need psychotherapy for a while because developing a coherent narrative might be the first priority. Yeah. 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 And then there, like, there's a certain consciousness level that needs to be reached in order to be able to work with another human in the somatic realm interactively. It may be that the silent holding of certain kinds of body work are just the right thing. There's no Mm -hmm. um, interactivity available to you and no verbal skills available to you yet. And so there's no need to rush into it through the first developmental steps. What's the right next step for you individually? And then once you get into it, you know, is it possible for me? I didn't have a self and I would actually find a self in sessions like these. I exist. I can be in here. I can be taken care of. I can be met. I could be, I saw many very, very intuitive practitioners because they would find me and tell me things about myself that I did not have access to. Mm. And so high levels of intuition and integrity and ethics would want to go together as opposed to intuition and projections and whatever. Um, so all of that uh, wraps into how often would you do this? For me, how often did I want to have a self? It got to be so enticing. Oh, I could exist again. Could I go twice a week? Could I three times a week? Um, not to the same person necessarily, but to receive something where I would begin to fill in having a self and having a body that then led to a trajectory of creating an entire world of things that are very interesting and beautiful to me. So beautiful. As you were seeing practitioners and developing self, were you creating what would become alchemical alignment or how did that you pulled together pieces of different modalities and then what made you create your own versus I just wanted to be a student I just want to be a student forever and yeah. take everybody else's programs and just <laughs> dive in but then I went to one program that was ostensibly body work with trauma resolution. And there were so many re-traumatizings happening that I started shaking. I said to the teacher, this isn't allowed. And I'd already done the somatic experiencing program. So I had a lot of um, education and experience from which to say this to that person. You can't do it this way. And I was actually assisting there. And the person said, um, well, I'm not doing it your way. I said, I don't care what way you're doing it. This isn't working. Look at that and that and that that happened today. And the person said to me, would you like to teach tomorrow? <laughs> Which was the greatest response. And then I was able to begin giving foundations of what's really important. It was a silent modality that I was participating in. And if you're silent for 60 minutes and then you say, how was that? 
there are things happening every minute. And if the communication channels are not open, and if the practitioner has no idea of a mapping of, wow, where are we with regard to what's being communicated, mm-hmm. there are a variety of re-injuring and sometimes unethical things that are going on in there. And so I felt like I had a gong to ring into the, if this was 2012 <laughs> or so, a gong to ring into the whole profession of like, you may not do it this way anymore. And then like soon after that, I just said, you know what, I've got to teach. I just have to do it. I have everything I need in terms yeah. of experience and education. It's time. So I started. I'm curious about the relational field and sort of what you've noticed over this really beautiful, full career of how relationships have changed and the responses around you. Yeah, well, so like a complete 180 from the medical and therapeutic fields having a hierarchy of expert and little person (laughs) toward what we're doing anyway is more of an equality of I'm a human being with a nervous system. I've got my own history. I've got my own foibles. I've got my own shadow work to do. I've got my own uh, Mm -hmm. difficulties in my nervous system. And as I become a practitioner, I can hold space for you in a beautiful way because of being a human being with a heart. And so I get to work with people in that way. And we have role clarity when I'm in what role I can also be in the client role and shift and receive my own sessions every practitioner is a human being as is every teacher and so moving from the expert knows and is prescriptive and directive to wow an educated person could sit with you and have intuitions and invitations to things that would support you have there been um people in your life that weren't able to be with those changes with you, you know, how sort of like the relational structures can change around us as we're shifting and evolving. And I find that sometimes it's actually very triggering for other people. If I'm seeking peace or able to be in a state of, um, like not hooking into opinion or, you know, I'm right. That sort of, you know, group think, Um, the more open I am, there are some people who that's very activating for. Yeah. I might say that I see people as having, uh, five different layers of boundaries. And so I might have secret, private, Mm. semi-private, semi-public and public zones of myself. And it's not necessarily that things have ended with some people, but they may move into different zones of presence with me. And the people who get into the deeper places are the ones who can grow with me. I love that. What level do we study that in? Those level of boundaries. Can't wait. Can't wait. It's it's coming. It's coming. That'll be, uh, yeah, three. (laughs) Look at that. I really feel like a lot of the things that you talk about should be like humaning 101. Like, yes, like it's obvious. 
it's obvious. And yet once you're open to it, once you're aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. We would want everyone to know. Um, unfortunately the program is open. I ask for practitioners to come simply because it's intermediate to advanced level, everything. And if you're a beginner that brings up more shame, the people don't have the foundation it's for practitioners for private practice. And so we want them to have something about business structure and ethics before they come. So it's not everything is brand new and it's just way of so much. So someone's listening to this and they're very intrigued. What are the next steps for learning more or experiencing? Mm-hmm. Um, well, in our community, Maintain Alignment, which is a mighty network, we have monthly offerings where you can come for an hour and a half, which is nothing compared to a passion. Like I want to know everything now. <laughs> but we do have a monthly hour and a half ritual or meditation or session. That's a group session. Um, we will have wonderful offerings starting in February with senior students where I'm shifting from me teaching all of the foundational hundred hours to senior students teaching them. And people will be able to come to just one, two or three before diving into more of the in-depth program. And what else I could also say, please go to another program, a massage school, a coaching program, a something that will begin to have you be a, or a Reiki, uh, one of our students, Jessica Sharp has a lovely Reiki year long program, which I appreciate. Go to something that'll give you the basic bones of a practitioner type of a program, whether it's mental health or physical of some kind. Okay. It is November when we're recording, which is the season of the ancestors and the veils being thin. Um, what is your relationship to spirit and ancestor and lineage? And how is that part of your life? One of the reasons, um, I feel so called to your work is because this is included. It's not separate than. Yeah. Constant contact. Like what is not <laughs> would be a better question. Is there any part of my life that is not with that? Uh, because co-regulation is a foundation of self-regulation. Mm. And so who am I co-regulating with at any moment? Is there a dearly departed who's here whispering in my ear? Like, mm. ooh, could we guide you in this direction? From what to put in the soup all the way to how am I structuring my next year's calendar? Mm. listening for guidance mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. from spirit guides as well as ancestors um, and dearly departed teachers and such um, as well as much more of a cosmic connection and deep into the earth and nature like what is not mm-hmm. uh, sentient and participating and I'm not giving all of that much attention if it's not yeah yeah. At this point, right. Like it's, it's too valuable. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. every way. Yeah. For me, there's a continual connection with that, which is living and breathing and tidal and um, looking for a vibrational uh, elevation of humanity. Uh, why pay attention to anything else? Me. Well, I think in a lot of realms, they try to separate science and spirit. Um, and that's part of the othering. And I think it's also um, perhaps why a lot of people feel fragmented because 
that's been a societal narrative of like, you have to choose one or the other. And it's kind um, of like, are you going to fragment your left and right brains? Like, right. Yeah. So at what point can they work together? Right. It's so I have logic and facts and education, and I have intuition and bodied experience and it's all part of one me. Okay. So to close, someone's listening, they're feeling, um, really connected to what you're saying and they feel really overwhelmed with their life. They feel behind, they -hmm. can't catch up. It all feels like too much. Mm -hmm. What would you say to them? Where do we start? Two words, stabilization and nurturing. Yeah. Nurturing resilience, your body security system, which has so many important parts, but you've got the brain with the amygdala scanning for, am I in safety or danger? You've got that in communication continually with your adrenals, uh, your ovaries, if you've got them, um, or reproductive system, your ability to ground what part of you is not available and could another human being who's regulated help you to drop down into yourself into present time, even taking a moment of a pause mm-hmm. that pa- the pauses help to integrate. Where have I been? Where am I headed? Integrating the past, preparing for the future, the ability to pause is a really important skill and find stability. Do I have any legs? There are a variety of traumas that pull us up and out of our legs and actually developing the ability to drop down with gravity, which I'm doing right now as I'm speaking. Mm. If you know any other people who have legs, they could help your body have legs, which sounds ridiculous in current culture. (laughs) And the ability to drop down, down, down with gravity and magnetics and find the living earth below Mm. can save your life, can change your thinking patterns. It can create a whole new reality because reality development is based on your state. Thank you. More, more, please. Just more. <laughs> you know, I'll just sit and listen. I think my sort of like uh, light, the the little girl soul version of me wants to know if there's any wisdom flowing through you, any guidance for this season ahead, this year ahead. Um, you know, with all of the changes going on, knowing how connected you are to your lineage and your ancestors and guides, um, is there any wisdom that wants to be shared? Preparation. Preparation is a great subject to hang out with. Not arriving somewhere Mm -hmm. that you haven't been oriented to, if there's any chance of having some preparation time. And who's available to scoop up the little girl Mm. because it's the adult self who who really gets all of your skills and can the adult at any point scoop up the little one and say you don't have to do it without me Mm. i won't let you as a matter of fact do it without me i got this one and i'll keep you safe Mm. yeah and any one of us with young ones who were traumatized that can feel overwhelming like what yet again i have to do something i like everything's always been up to me what are you talking about 
I'm talking from a place of having developed an adult self who can scoop that one up, which means that I've gotten enough support and co-regulation and placed myself into the hands of other people who have been on a journey like this so that my body could learn from theirs and evolve, develop into a super competent adult, not superficially, but deeply with a heart, with a belly, with a place for any age of myself on my timeline to be nurtured and protected Mm -hmm. so they don't have to take over Mm -hmm. and cope Mm -hmm. with all the things that are on my calendar. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. So good. Yeah. Yeah. So glad that you invited me to say these things. I get to say them. (sighs) I just feel like, ah, now I can move through this beautiful day. (laughs) It feels so full. Thank you so much. Um, I will put links to everything. Is there any specific place you want to send people? Um, You know, a lot of people are on Instagram. Alchemical Alignment has a page there. Um, I failed to mention that I'm starting a new program in January as well for people who are already practitioners. Uh, four level hundred hour next program um my last one probably and so alchemicalalignment.com is where to find information about all that as well as the monthly offerings for uh educated clients or practitioners that's who those are for yeah i'm so grateful to be in relationship and to be learning from you and your wisdom. What a gift. I truly honor um, everything that you're bringing forth. It's really magnificent. Magnificent. It is so wonderful to have you in the group bringing your amazing self. (laughs) 